It's Interview Friday. And I have one of my favorite people on the show today. And probably, well, I'd say a mentor of mine, a, somebody that I look up to. And his name is Tony Horton. He's the creator of P90X, which is a yeah, worldwide fitness phenomenon that's been around for a number of years. I'm sure a lot of you have participated. Um, he's a super fun guy, and I've got him here on the show today. So let's dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tony Horton. Okay, here we are, and I'm lucky enough to be sitting here with Tony Horton. Tony Horton, I've known for a, a number of years, a lot. Um, I first came to Tony because I was his computer guy. You were. Um, Beachbody had hired me to uh, help the trainers out with their computers. And I came over to Tony's house and I had never met him before. I had probably seen the P90X commercials on television, but I had written them off as just infomercials that were trying to make, my, make money. And so I was hanging out with Tony. I realized what a genuine person this guy was. And one day he said to me, Joel, how are you doing? And rather than just say, oh, I'm doing fine. I was really kind of in a, in a downer. I was in a downer place. I was in a down place. And I, um, I had been working out to do a triathlon. My friend and I were working out to do a triathlon and I had hurt my back. I was swimming and doing everything that I love to do. And I was, I was overweight and I, I hurt my back. And then all of a sudden I couldn't even work out for that. So I said to Tony, when he asked me how I was doing, I said, you know what? I'm not doing that great. I feel kind of uh, depressed. And he said, oh, you should work out. You should work out. And I said, well, I've got this like back thing and it's making it so I can't work out. And Tony picked up this box and he said, here, I'm going to give you this, but I want you to do it. And I don't want you to do it half-assed. And I was like, okay. I said, I'm going to Las Vegas this weekend with a friend of mine. And when I come back, I'll start that thing. So I started doing P90X in my garage around with paint cans all around me and everything. And I ended up doing it three times. It's a 90 day program. I did it three times in a row. I got to say it changed my whole outlook on life. I and mean, it did, it, it fixed my depression. It fixed my back. And I also got in great shape and that fixed my mood. So Thank you. I want to start the interview by saying thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that you did that for me. Well, you're welcome, Joel. That's a, that's, I don't think I knew that whole story. That's pretty amazing. And the fact that I completely ignored the fact that you had a bad back and I said, I want you to go full, I know. full tilt on this program. I know. Uh, you know, I don't know. I should have been paying closer attention. I probably should have said, yeah, you want to be careful here. You know, your back has yeah. got some issues. You might want to take it easy on some of these exercises. But, you know, I guess I was giving you my my meathead answer there. So, uh, yeah, but it worked, maybe. it worked. It worked. And I think what it did is it strengthened the muscles around my back. So that kind of fixed what was going on there. I think I had been neglecting my back for a long time and I jumped in the pool and I, w I used to be the captain of the swim team. So, and the guy that I was working out with was like, wow, you're a really good swimmer. And I was like lapping him and stuff. And I just like overdid it and tweaked my back a little bit. Uh -huh. And then. Uh -huh. So you can't get hurt swimming, but not during P90X. That tells <laughs> no. you. Exactly, exactly. So um, I wanted to talk with you because you're an inspirational person for a lot of people. And I wanted to find out exactly like how you came to be Tony Horton and also how you keep being Tony Horton year after year after year, which I think is a, is a skill 
in itself, which I call keeping your head right, essentially. Um, when you started out and you were in growing up in where would you grow up? Uh, all over the place, Army Brat, but New England, uh, Connecticut, Rhode Island, depending, yeah. but all so, over the country. So when you were growing up, were you thinking someday I'm going to be Tony Horton, worldwide fitness phenomenon? Not even close. Really? I was just hoping to live, to survive, to yeah. not get beat up at the bus stop, to at least get some grade better than a C minus. You know what I mean? I was living moment to moment, but for all the wrong reasons. You know what I mean? I mean, most people want to live moment to moment now just because they understand the importance of sort of being present, right? And mm -hmm. not being in the past or trying to, you know, keep your expectations down for the future. So I, I was just a kid who was, uh, you know, not athletic. I had a speech impediment called cluttering, which I later discovered what it was called. And, um, and it's funny, I inherited that from my father who inherited that from my grandfather. So who would have thought that the genetics would be passed down uh, just by the way you speak? You know, it was really yeah. bizarre that way. And so, you know, my grandfather had certain insecurities about that. I mean, he was a successful guy and my father was successful as well. But there was, already, there was just a little an anomaly about them. And then I had it too. And I thought, what in the world? And so I just assumed that it would never get better, much like theirs never did. And uh, so, yeah, there was no shot that I was ever going to think I was going to be some sort of motivational speaker and fitness program developer and writer and all the other things that have happened to me. Don't you think that that's often where that begins, where somebody becomes somebody who eventually becomes a motivational speaker always has some kind of obstacle they had to overcome that they thought was impossible? Well, it's your story, right? I mean, if you were... Uh, straight a uh, student and captain of the football team and president of your class and uh, all these types of things, you know, maybe you were sort of already set up and you had, you know, maybe you had obviously a good combination, of good peers, good upbringing, you know what I mean? You were a good student, you had a good attention span. I mean, I had ADD, uh, ADHD, LMNOP, NYPD blue. I had all the acronyms. <laughs> I had them all. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I mean, I was just probably eating too much sugar at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That was my issue as a kid. Um, you know, whatever. So, I, you know, I mean, my household was fairly chaotic free. You know, there was some there was some typical things that a lot of, you know, families go through that I went through. But um, I think it's that adversity, you know, that 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 and and being self-aware. I was self-aware early on. Most people aren't. They just kind of go through life and they just assume that whatever they say or they think or they do is normal and not really paying attention to, to the uh to the, to the impact and, and consequences of the things that they're saying and doing. I was always very self-aware that I was, you know, insecure and that I was not a good athlete. And, but at some, you know, at some point I just decided to, uh, and this didn't come into, this didn't come into play until maybe college, you know, where I started doing some personal development work when that was sort of a brand new thing back in the seventies. Do you think you were doing that because you were an actor at the time? Weren't you an actor? Uh, I was an actor. I was, a, I had a, a teeny tiny bits in high school. Yeah. Um, and that was my way, you know, if you ever watch a singer who has a, uh, has a stutter, their stutter disappears when they're, when they sing their song and then it goes right back as an actor, you know, learning lines and learning the character gave me an opportunity to sort of combat that, to kind of work mm -hmm. with that. But then again, I became a street performer and I was a pantomime, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't have to say anything. Right. Wait, you, you did street performing for how long? How long? Did for you years do? and years and years. That's how I fed myself when I first came out to Calif. California. Really? And, Why did you uh, come yeah. out here? Why did you come out here? I came here? out here to, to, for fame and fortune. I, I thought I was, uh, this is before Brad Pitt and 
and uh, Tom Hanks were around or Jim Carrey was around. But I, you know, I thought I was going to be, you know, the next uh, Jerry Lewis or something. Um, and, you know, um, early on, I was just surviving. I was painting houses and building furniture and doing a handyman stuff. And I worked retail, you know, I mean, I was I like, I liked fashion. So I was always working on these fancy men's clothing stores, whatever it took. So, but then I got an agent and then I started going on auditions and, uh, and then I took some voiceover classes that really helped me with the speech issues and then scene study classes and cold reading classes and improv classes. And then I did, I did stand up with a group of friends for a couple of years on and off, just getting them out, you know, open mic nights. And, you know, I would go to the comedy store on sunset and Mitzi, Mitzi who owned, you know, owned the comedy yeah. store. Well, I don't know the, the, the mime, it's interesting, but I know you're talking up there. I don't know. I mean, I would say go out, you know, for come back in about eight weeks and we'll take a look at you. So you and went I, there and you were doing stand-up? Like yeah, miming so I, or what? Miming uh, my, mime was part of it. Mime was part of it. Uh, yeah. But I, you know, I, I had a little group of friends and we do these these comedy writing skull sessions, you know. Yeah. What's, what's the setup? What's the act out? I mean, if there's an act out, what's the accent? Working on the accent of the character, whatever was part of the joke. And then the punchline and then the tags, like first tag, second tag, should there be a third tag? Yeah, yeah. There's a formula to it. I even took a, I even took a stand-up comedy class. Um, you know, uh, God, that book is probably, there was a book that went with it. And it did all that, you know, I mean, that's what I thought. And I, I was training, at that point I was exercising. I was going to the gym because my agent, I had an agent at that point, I was just kind of scrawny with a belly, you know what I mean? It uh -huh. wasn't really ideal. And she said, hey, you know, I want to send you on some bathing suit stuff and you're not very fit. And I think if the fitter you are, the more, the more, the better your chances will be. I, I was completely unaware of the, of the, the, the uh, mental and emotional things that were happening to me as a result of, of moving physically. I, I was unaware, if you read, if you read John Rady's book, Spark, you know, the effects of physical activity on the brain. Yeah. yeah. I, w I was just more productive and I was less depressed and I, and I, and I was more enthusiastic about my, my life. I had more energy and enthusiasm for what I was doing in my life. When I didn't exercise, I didn't have those things. And when I did, I did. Then of course you read spark and you, I met John Rady. He's a Harvard professor mm -hmm. about this stuff, you know, about the science of, uh, of uh, physical movement. Mm -hmm. And so you think, oh, okay. So my priorities have shifted. I used to work out cause I wanted to look good and meet girls. Now I work out solely for the, for, for health and wellness purposes, you know? Yeah. So that was, I was all happening early on. You know, I was auditioning and doing the stand-up comedy and I was training my boss. I had a gig over at 20th Century Fox, uh, um, working as a runner or a PA production assistant. Uh -huh. The guy's name was Harlan Goodman and he used to be in the music industry, but he was trying to make movies for a while with Julia, Julia Phillips, who did Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Taxi Driver in this thing with Robert Redford and Paul Newman. Taxi Driver, obviously with De Niro and yeah. Dreyfus was in Close Encounters. So, you know, they hooked up because, you know, she divorced from her husband, John, who was like the big shot producer. And I was on the lot and looking at movie stars and, you know, they were noticing that I was getting fit because my agent wanted me to. And then Harlan said, hey, you know, I'm, I need to get in shape, man. Look at you. You're, I can see you change in six months. So I started training my boss before we both went to work. You know what I mean? And then he couldn't, he, they got out of the movie industry and then I started this little fitness business, but I was still a handyman and I was still a mime at the pier and I still had all these gigs. And then he told uh, Tom Petty, who was a friend of his, he was walking down the hall, Harlan was, the hall of East End Management on Sunset Boulevard. And here's Tom Petty walking the other way and Tom smoking a cigarette. And he says, hey, Harlan, holy crap, you look fantastic. What happened to you? You know, this is my Tom Petty's from Gainesville, Florida. It's, it's good. And he says, uh, he goes, yeah, I'm fat and I'm going on tour. So Harlan said, uh, 
call Tony Horton. He's trained me. And so Tom calls me up a day or two later. My roommate picks up the phone and some guy who says he's Tom Petty is calling yeah. us. So Bob, yeah. I told Bob, hang up, dude. That's not Tom Petty. <laughs> so then he had to call back. I mean, I write about it in my book. Yeah. I think we got disconnected. So I go, hold on. Two days later, I'm at Tom Petty's house in Woodland Hills, California. Gold and platinum records on the wall. And I had him for about four months. You know what I mean? He was weak as a chicken and had no cardiovascular strength, no muscular strength. And he'd been playing, he was a rocker, right? Yeah. But he went on tour with just vests on, no shirt, you know what I mean? Sleeveless yeah. t-shirts, like every, all jacked up, you know? And people are like, well, he's competing with Bruce great, Springsteen now. Great, great. So that was it, man. Those were the early yeah. days. Didn't you train Bruce Springsteen as well? I did. I had Tom, I had Bruce on and off. I trained his wife, Patty, uh, mostly when they were in town. You know, they have a, they live in Jersey mostly, but they have, you know, they have a little compound here in, 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 uh, in Beverly Hills. And so uh, I would train her. And then, you know, it was always like, I'd look in the kitchen and I'd wave to him and go, hey, Tony, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know so, okay, so. So then, then one day she, yeah. uh, she just said, hey, she came out in street clothes, which meant, oh, she forgot to call me to cancel. So, all right, yeah. whatever. And she said, hey, do you mind training Bruce today? He was, it's like, you know, I mean, you know, I had already trained Annie Lennox from the Eurythmics, yeah. Billy Idol, Tom Petty, Stephen Stills, Crosby Stills and uh, Nash, uh, Lindsay, Lindsay Buckingham, Stevie Nicks. I had, you know, wow. uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. I had all these, but Bruce was like, holy shit. Yeah, know? he's like an, an epic I mean, he's legend. Bruce, right? And yeah. he came out and apparently uh, I saw him at the Great Western Forum when the Lakers play there. And so uh, I was like, yeah, sure, f sounds fine. And so he comes out and he's got his book right he's got his workout book and he goes yeah this is uh you know i think today it's like shoulders and arms chest and back you know and i said so i'm holding the book and i'm thinking to myself i wonder why he wants to do this with me today and apparently he saw my infomercial there two of them are lying in bed after the show and they see my infomercial come on yeah. and bruce turns to patty and says hey there's your, there's your trainer and then <laughs> so you know you got a little tv time and all of a sudden bruce wants to hang out with you and uh and so I took the book and I said, hey, how about we, we want to just throw caution to the wind and try something completely new today. Uh -huh. And he kind of looked at me like, nobody says that to me, you know what I mean? And he, <laughs> he was completely cool about it, man. And uh, we, we hit it off pretty good. But, you know, he traveled a lot. And, uh, and I was, my, my, uh, my career was starting to take off with, with uh, Beachbody and other stuff. Yeah. And so uh, I was supposed so, to go on, I went on tour with Tom, but I didn't, go to, I didn't get, to get a chance to go on tour with him. I was hoping I could, but. Were the um, workout videos, like, was that a thing? People working out with weights and men working out? I, I know it was a thing with Jane Fonda, et cetera, but was that a thing with guys working out with weights? Not a thing yet. We made it a thing. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were fitness infomercials where you'd get this device, you know, yeah. some kind of little bandy thing or whatever, kind of a swivel chair or whatever. I know I'm doing the one now where you sit in a chair, a barca lounger, and you pedal. That's, yeah, uh, I've that sold thing. my You'll whole. That's my right. whole workout. Yeah, yeah, that's how I got that right there. <laughs> that's how I got that. No, it didn't. Yeah. It did. You know, we did. We did a couple of the program. We did something called uh, Great Body Guaranteed, which was a super mellow, shorter version, mm -hmm. low budget version of P90X. And then after that, we did something called Power 90, which began to introduce weights. Uh, there were no pull-ups yet. We didn't want to in introduce that yet. We didn't have that. that so we didn't have a manufacturer for pull-up bars and things for doorways. And that did pretty well. And so we said, hey, let's, let's just go to the next level, man. Let's just completely turn this thing way upside down. And everybody in the industry just thought we were nuts. Like, yeah, okay, yeah. you got lucky on the first one. You got lucky on the second one. 
but this thing that you're trying to do now, like, forget it, man. Yeah. And then we tried to do P90X2, and then that was, that was a bridge too far for a lot of folks. It was just, you know. But a lot of collegiate, Olympic, and professional athletes got P90X2, and that, that thing changed their careers, you know. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love P90X2. That's a great one. I yeah. uh, continue. I've, I wanted to say I've continued to work out. Uh, the gym or the garage where I worked out and had the paint cans has now become what's behind me here. And uh, nice upgrade. Yeah, my wife kind of built it around me. You know, she just, and then she joined me, and we've been doing. We've been working out ever since. That's I would awesome. have never, I don't think, have thought to work out to videos, um, but I do find it. And you know what? I find that the training that you did as a stand-up comedian, as an actor, um, that is probably one of the things that made it work, because you joke around in it. You're not afraid to say, you know, ridiculous things. You're, you have a great sense of humor about yourself, which I think Thank is you. huge. You. you know, that's why it sells. A lot of the reason I feel it sells is because of your personality. You know, it's like it's a lot of times we have a, sort of a one-way relationship with people who are maybe podcasters or people on television or people that we see in a re, on a regular basis. And when you do something like P90X, you know, you're hanging out with you for half an hour, hour a day. Uh, and the comedy and the ease with which you do it is the thing that makes it great i think um and it's well, that it keeps you in i think so too and and you know to us at that time you know people would say well how, how did you guys come to that 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 um concept where yeah. there's all the humor don't smash your face back up like yeah. a pterodactyl like how long did you people would ask me like where did you how did you fit these lines in like how did you choreograph all that I said, choreograph it. Just wait. I just I knew what the sequence was, and I just like any kind of improvisational actor, you react to what you're seeing in the room. You know what I mean? It's yes and. It's always yes and, right? It's never you know you're, you're trying to stay away from negative. You're never trying to kill the scene by saying something that will you know whatever. So it was just you know it just stuff just came out, and it, we didn't use all of it because a lot of it was too silly and too goofy. You know, at right. one point I was being a complete loon. And they would say, hey, you remember, this is P90X. It's not They're P like, hey, we're working out here. Yeah, it's not P Goofy Guy X, you know. And so just, you know, and then, well, I just kind of kept that vibe. I mean, I'm, I'm working with Tonal right now. And, and uh, Tonal's kind of like the mirror. If you've seen the mirror advertised, Tonal is sort of a super upgraded turbo version of, of the mirror. Mm -hmm. It's got these retractable arms that go in every possible direction. So, you know, you can take every piece of linear machine that you've ever seen in a gym and it's, it just sticks right to the wall. Plus, there's the screen, plus the workouts, the programs, the trainers. So I'm going to be one of them. And they, and they hired me for that reason, you know, because all of their trainers are really great. But they're very, they're very similar in the way they, they kind of run you through. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you can't get a sense of their personality. Mm -hmm. But they wanted, you know, I guess they wanted America's Fitness Clown. And now they got it. So. Yeah. You know, people tend to be kind of stiff if they're, if they're not a performer of that you know, in that way. So I think probably everything that you did, and I think a lot of us find this too, is that sometimes you do things in life, you don't even know why you're doing them. And then yeah. it all kind of comes together if you allow it, if you really listen to, to what's going on and really follow things. Yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you also um, about adversity. So along the road, you have a life and you've been doing this for decades. Mm. Have you had situations uh, Try, you know, because obviously you put yourself out there as like the perfect human being, you know, with the consistency and the, you know, you have whatever percentage of body fat and you're always in great shape and you have muscle. There must be times where you're like, 
I can't maintain this at this particular moment. How do you, how do you get through those times and what kind of times have occurred? Well, I, I've been very fortunate for, for, I was very fortunate for a very long time. I mean, you know, yeah. I had adversities when it came to, to businesses and things, you know, yeah. <clears throat> you know, early on in my life, I was just trying to survive. I was just trying to feed myself and pay my bills and pay my rent, you know what I mean? And put gas in my car and keep my car running. That was, you know, and go out to dinner once in a while, take a vacation once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. Life was much more simple in the old, old days, even though it was a struggle because sometimes I didn't have enough money for rent. It's like, oh, I got to go down to the pier again and make an extra hundred bucks so I can, yeah. you know, pay my rent and that kind mm-hmm. of insanity. But then as, as I become more successful, all right, you know, what, one thing that success does is it, it, it applies more pressure, yeah. right? Because the hardest thing is to try to sustain it. Somebody asked me, like, what's the cool, what's the, what's the great thing, the bad thing, and the weird thing about being famous? And I said, well, as a C-minus celebrity, <laughs> the cool thing is you get, you know, you get floor seats at Laker games and people want to send you stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, the, the bad thing, there really aren't a lot of bad things for me. I don't mind people tap me on the shoulder and ask for photographs and pictures. I, that's not really, I always enjoy doing that. The weird, the, the bad, I guess the bad thing though is keeping that up. You know yeah. I mean? I, my success came very late in life. It came in my forties. So here I am now, 62 years old. And so once I became, you know, well-known, hey, let's do mouth guards, let's do a TV pilot, let's do insoles, let's do a Tony Horton watch, you know, you know what I mean? Okay, and so you hire your lawyers and you go through all these deals. Let's do uh, these, this, this, these fitness camps. And 23, four times, they all went to crap. And, and uh, you know, yeah. I think of the hundreds of thousands of dollars in time and energy and sweat, et- sweat equity that I, it just went down the toilet. But, you know, there were, there were lessons learned there. I mean, I'm wise enough to know that there were lessons learned in all of those. And right now, you know, I've got one, two, I'm looking at the list, one, two, three, four, five, six projects, and they're all going pretty well. You know, they've been going pretty well for a year plus. So that's exciting. But uh, you, I don't even think you're aware, but in October of 2017, I got shingles in my right ear. Yeah, I saw and, a post on, I think on Instagram where you had talked about it at some point, yeah, but I didn't yeah, yeah. hear the story. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of places you can get shingles, and the last place you want it is right here. Really? And, uh, yeah, because you have all these facial nerves that go inside of your brain that affect your sight and your smell and your taste and your, uh, and your balance. And, uh, you know, so I ended up with Bell's palsy. I lost 25 pounds. I couldn't keep any food down. I slept all day and night. Um, I vomited a lot all the time because the nausea and the dizziness was so profound. I felt like I was like a drunken sailor on a cruise ship in a hurricane. Was there a while where you just didn't even know what it was? And you were I didn't didn't know what it was for the first seven days as I was beginning to sort of suffer from it. And then I went to the ER. I was just sitting in the ER waiting room vomiting. Yeah. And uh, my heart rate was like 200. It was just like I was just in a bad way. And, uh, and then I went in the ER and they're like, okay, and they're trying to figure out what it was. It may, oh, we thought maybe I had a stroke. Who knew? And then the guy was literally had to Google it. I saw the doctor on his laptop <laughs> in the freaking ER. Like, oh, hey, I think you have Ramsey Hunt syndrome. What's that? Well, only you know, of all the people that get shingles, only one in 100,000 people get it. And it's very rare, but it makes you very sick for a very long time. <clears throat> and so two, three, four months, I was, I know. Sean, I couldn't drive. I couldn't. I mean, you know, I get to a stop sign. I tried to drive and I'd look to the right to see traffic coming and my brain would go, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, there it is. And then I have to look to the left. Wait a minute. Hold on. And you know what I mean? So I'd be like this shit. And I go like that. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. brutal. I know my camera was doing that when we first got on the Zoom I call. saw that. I saw that. <laughs> I was having flashbacks when I went yeah. And so for a very, very long, I mean, all travel stopped, all projects stopped, all life stopped. 
And there was a level of pain and distress and misery that I have I have yet to ever feel. Really? Shingles is extremely painful as it is. Very painful, especially if it's inside of you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you don't want that there. Now I have a, so when the, when the Ramsey hunt went away and thank God the Bell's palsy went away, a lot of people don't, they don't get all their face stuff back. And I, yeah. thank God I did, man. I mean, you know, knock on wood. Yeah. But I still have something called um, a bilateral vestibular hypofunction, which is mm -hmm. sort of this balance issue. So a lot, of, a lot of guys in Afghanistan and Iraq who are next to a bomb that blows up, right? But they don't, yeah. they might lose an arm, they might lose a leg, but they, not, but they have like the, con the concussion of that mm -hmm. causes the same kind of brain funk, right? And then on top of that, I have Epstein-Barr, which I didn't know I had, but that's all part of it. So when I have Epstein-Barr and the vestibular thing, that means I'm exhausted and I'm dizzy, which wow. means I don't really want to get out of bed. And, and then, you know, that's, it'll be three years October. And I have, you know, and that has dissipated so slowly over these last three years. It's just like, you'll have these little bouts of the Epstein-Barr and or the, or the, the uh, vestibular issues, but I don't have them as often and they're not as severe. And maybe in a couple of years, they'll be gone. Maybe not. I don't know. What do you do besides exercise to keep your sunny attitude? Meditate. I meditate all the time, anytime, anywhere in the car, before I go to bed, before I, when I get up in the morning, sitting at my desk. How do my you generally meditate? Because you're such an active person. You probably have a very active mind. It's very well. hard. Like the first 10 breaths feel like I'm, feel like, you know, it's, it creates a lot of irritation because mm -hmm. I have to settle everything down. I have to sit really quietly and I have to focus on, and there's different types. There's ones where I just, you know, I inhale one, exhale two, or I'll inhale, exhale one, inhale, exhale two, or I'll do little uh, breath holds, inhale in a four count, hold four count, exhale four count. Or sometimes I'll do spot meditation where if I have a headache or something or shoulder, I'll just inhale the breath into the area. And then, you know, in, you know, the old expression in with the good out with the bad, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't take, I don't like getting Lotus and light a candle and turn the, turn the lights mm -hmm. down and bring the, I don't get too, too, you know, too heavy duty. On our show, it. we were recently talking to a meditation expert from India and he was saying that uh, you don't have to sit still to meditate. You can do, you can meditate at the ultimate level. You're meditating all the time with everything that you're doing. Right. And, uh, but also you can meditate while washing the dishes. You can meditate while exercising. Which I do. Yeah. Which I do. I find that uh, working out is a form of meditation. Most, most, because meditation and exercise are both uh, uh, are using greater lung capacity than you do in day-to-day -day life. Because yeah. most of us only use the upper half of our lungs. <laughs> Right. What is meditation? Right. It's, 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 you know, diaphragmatic breaths ask you to diet, you know, to expand your belly, right. Or, or expand your lung capacity or, you know, like so you put your stomach, your hand on one, on your stomach and your hand on your chest and you do diaphragmatic, you do that lying down, you know what I mean? You can do it sitting up. And, um, and I mean, I, I meditate when I do, when I, when I'm in the middle of a chest and back routine, you know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so you do micro meditations. As yeah, well as, I mean, like I, if, I, if I'm doing a, if I'm trying to do a maximum hang, yeah. you know what I mean, on a bar, which doesn't sound like you're really doing much, but trying to do that for two minutes straight, you know what I mean? Your, your hands start to scream, your elbows scream, your shoulders scream. And that's when I, or whenever I'm doing handstands, like against the wall. I mean, I did a two minute handstand the other day, longest I've ever gone, 
because I experimented with a new meditation technique I had never used before. And my buddies are like, Jesus, dude, oh my God, what are you, two minutes? You know what I mean? That was a long yeah. time for me. I mean, it isn't for yeah. yogis and other people who do yoga a lot, but, but uh, yeah, it comes in very, very handy. And then I have a regular yoga practice, which is, you know, it's a moving meditation and I do my ohms, you know, as often as possible. When you brought yoga into P90X, which is sort of a, you know, sort of a macho kind of workout, I think, even for women, it was sort of, I don't know if you can, women could be macho. I think I'll, I'll say they can, um, sort of macho workout, but then you had an hour and a half of yoga in there. Yeah. It seems kind of gutsy to put that in there, but it seems like it was the perfect thing for that workout. Did you have to fight for that? What, you know, what did people say when you said, I'm going to do an hour and a half of yoga here in the middle of this workout? <laughs> well, I didn't have to fight that hard for it. They understood my reasons why. I did have to fight for the hour and a half though. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, no one's going to hang around for that. I said, I want every aspect of this program to be the real deal. Chest and back, 24 sets, shoulders and arms, 24 sets, Adriper X, 15 minutes of just hellscape, get, get after that core and your abs. You know I mean? I wanted to give everybody the stuff that worked. And so, uh, and, and you know, I was used to a hour and a half Hatha flow class. That's what I've been, I've been to dozens and dozens of them at that point. I work with some of my favorite, uh, you know, gurus to help me formulate that thing and learn how to teach and cue that thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just so that it felt really authentic. And I got a lot of pos positive feedback from, from people who said, yeah, for a guy who can teach a martial, a martial arts class and then go right to a yoga class, most trainers don't have double, triple, quadruple skills, right? They're yeah. bodybuilders or the yogis or they're Pilates instructors and they're mixed martial artists. But, you know, I wanted to give everybody, you know, we called it muscle confusion, which is a made up term. Yeah. Um, but muscle confusion, like Billy Idol used to call me muscle Confucius. <laughs> oh, muscle Confucius, what are we doing today, you know? And uh, so it all became, it all be, we thank Billy Idol for muscle confusion. Yeah. But it was forcing people to work on their weaknesses and their strengths. And so, you know, you, like, you know, you take a bodybuilder and you make him do yoga. It's, oh, it's a nightmare. And then you tell, you know, a, 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 you know, a gal who's been doing yoga for 15 years to start lifting weights. You know, really, it, what the idea here was to really get maximum results in a short period of time. Um, and the reason why yoga was in there is because if you did the yoga, you're m uh, more durable in general as, because you're working on balance, you're working on uh, strength, you're working on uh, flexibility and mindfulness all at the same time. There's not that too many ex uh, exercises that you can get four things in one, right? And so, and then the idea here is, you know, you, you think of the strength components going through those salutations, you're in Chaturanga and you're doing, you're jumping back into Chaturanga or, you know, whatever, these isometric asanas that you're going through one after another after another is so constant, you know what I mean? Yeah. That flow is, is so powerful and it just opens you up, right? So that when you're doing other exercises, oh, wow, I feel like I can get my, I can improve my range of motion on my pull-ups, on my bench press, on my it's squats. It's interesting because it's sort of like a university experience where you're dipping into a lot of different things and suddenly you notice how they interact, you know, mm -hmm. and so... I've always, you know, there's sometimes the yoga people, they put down the people that lift weights because they're like, you're shortening the muscle. You're length, well, we're trying to lengthen the muscle and things like that. But I find that they all work together if you allow them to work together and they inform each other. And you can see it now in other people's uh, workouts as well, where they're mm -hmm. incorporating yoga techniques, even if they don't even know they're doing it. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so, they're doing it piecemeal, but yeah. Yeah, yeah they what... do it piecemeal or they don't do it long enough, which is another thing probably that happens. Um, yeah. I just want to ask you this too, since your father was in the military, right? Mm, yeah. 
did some of the military philosophy get into your life to make you so consistent and so, um, I don't know, no holds barred? What is, what is it about the military philosophy that you think might have influenced you? Because I see that you do a lot of things with the military, and, but you're not somebody that was in the military at all. Yeah, it was my father. He was a tank commander. He, he was a, a, a first lieutenant and tank commander and for a couple of years. We were at Fort, stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky, oh. which is where the tank commander school is. It's actually at, you know, you, most people don't, they just think they store gold there, but it's a whole base and there's a bunch of tanks and that's where they train. And then we then we got sent to um, Schofield Barracks uh, in Hawaii, um, which is the first place the Japanese straked as they were going to Pearl Harbor. They went through Col- they went through where, my, where that was. They, I remember as a kid there were still bullet holes and things on, on in walls and things from World War II. Yeah. you know because I was born at fifty eight, so it was not that many years after World War II, which is crazy. But um, but no, you know my father had kind of a great Santini vibe at times. Yeah, you know what I mean, oh, yeah. and that's. And, and uh, his father, my grandfather, uh, was kind of a no-holds-barred, you know, um, work hard, life is hard, um, you know, balls to the wall, kind of, uh, you, know, bone, you, know, uh, you know, work your fingers to the bone, that kind of a, you know, yeah. drill sergeant vibe, you know what I mean? And my father hated it. He just, I mean, my father was a great athlete, football, basketball, baseball. He, he, he was the captain of all three. <clears throat> in, in, in his uh in his where he went to school at Tabor Academy um and then he just like for me it was like oh I had a horrible experience with that I'm not going to project that on you and my father had a job where he was gone Monday through Friday for for decades so I only saw my father on the weekends mm-hmm. um and even then it was like hey let's go to hit some balls at the golf course or let's play catch or something but it was really he was really hands-off and I he didn't and because of his, because his experience was so terrible with his old man, his coaches, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And my father had a, he was a type A aggro, pretty, you know, military guy. And he would kind of blow up at times. You know, if you ever saw the great Santini, you know what I'm talking oh, about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, Robert Duvall. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's cat, yeah, man. Something else, man. <laughs> yeah. So. That scene with the basketball where he throws a basketball at his head, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like awful. Yeah. Uh, but you no. can understand, like you get an understanding of the guy from that. Yeah. Movie. And so what I ended up doing was, is I started at, my influence in the first real mentor that I ever had other than I had teachers and I had <clears throat> my parents, but the first real mentor I had was a, was a weightlifting coach back at the university of Rhode Island where I went to school. And, um, he was fun. He was fun and he was funny and he was really enthusiastic. And, uh, he was, a, he was a great cheerleader, and I was like, wow, where's this guy been? Like, how come my football coach was such an ass? You know what I mean? <laughs> I, like, like, you know, like, where's that sort of – and then you look at any coach, right? There's different yeah. styles, and, you know, some work, some don't. But, you know, you know, I just really liked his style. I thought, oh, okay. You know, and then when I came out to California, I started exercising, and I started training Harlan. That was always in the back of my mind. Like, how can I get this guy who's a, you know, a, a music manager and a uh, – yeah. Uh, a movie producer t- to want to do this. Cause I, I mean, you know, my old thing was variety. I had to give him a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, kind of a, a, a mini version of P90X and I had to make it, you know, we had to have normal conversations about life and politics and, yeah. and other things other than, all right, come on, man, you can do five more reps. What do you mean? I'm yeah. You know what I mean? Well, the hell with that. The crap. other thing too, when you're a trainer, sometimes people are like, just do it for me. They kind of have that kind of like, and you have yeah. to actually. You're a, you're a drill sergeant. You're a therapist. Yeah. You know, you're, you're a, they're shrink. You're, you're, you know, you gotta be, you gotta be. And, and that's what partly why P90X works is because 
hey, man, you know, if you can't do this, there's a modifier over here. There's somebody else yeah. finding a more mellow version, and you stick to this until you're ready to go over here. And, you know, do your best and forget the rest is, a, is the main, you know, what's yeah. the whole vibe, which is like, well, what is your best today? Because it's going to be different than last week. And yeah. this today might not be as good as next week. And <clears throat> my whole thing was show up. If you show up and you pay attention to what's happening, which is the other 20%, you know, yeah. Woody Allen said 80% life. Just press up. play. Just press play and see what happens. And don't be so attached to the outcome. And it's, yeah. a, you know, it's about a plan. It's about consistency. Sure, intensity is part of the equation. But be intense when you're ready to be intense. Don't, you don't, I'm not going to force you to do anything. And just that, like, and I'm going to give you three months to do this thing, right? And uh, that combination worked, man. It worked for totally worked for me. Hey, do you um, ever go, oh, I really want to eat a whole bunch of ice cream? Like, does that ever happen to you? <laughs> and uh, why not? If it doesn't happen to you, why does it not happen? It did, it did early on when I was going yeah. from – a guy was going to the gym a lot and eating double cheese chimichangas and Dr. Peppers and yeah. you know, eggs Benedict in the morning and just sitting eating Fritos and ding dongs, you know? Yeah. And then I was like, man, why do I, why am I tired? Why am I, why am I moody? Why am I so inconsistent? And then I just started playing with veganism and vegetarianism and, and getting off the processed meats. And these, I would, you know, when you, well, for me, when I learned something isn't very good for me, it doesn't, you know, I don't have an addictive personality. I just, I'm not even that addicted to fitness. I just do it because I know it's important to do. And, mm -hmm. and uh, like, if I take my shirt off, I'm, I'm ready. You know what I mean? Yeah. But no, I mean, I found alternatives. Like there's this ice cream, it's not really ice cream. It's called Cotto, mm -hmm. made of avocado. And I have a, I have a bowl that is yeah. literally that teeny. Because it's not worth it otherwise. Yeah, I just like, okay, I just want something chocolate and sweet. And I just want, I mean, a pint will last me two weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Two yeah. weeks. And I have these little gluten-free, sugar-free, yet above, high protein, tons of fiber, chocolate chip cookies that are about that big. Yeah. And so I rotate. I'll have that little cotto. And I have it. I don't cheat. I don't have a cheat meal. There's no such thing you as a cheat meal. You don't do cheat meal. meals. Dude, and that's a, an entire meal where I just eat something that's going to make me feel like crap. I don't understand. I think to me, I don't know. you're Doesn't all the in do that? or you're not. You know yeah. what I mean? And for me, you know, especially with all the blood work that I've done. Yeah. You know what I mean? In the, in the Ramsey hunt and the vestibular stuff, like I, I am truly what I eat. And whenever I stray, which is never anymore, I, I can feel it almost instantly. Like my stomach doesn't feel well, or I'm really tired, or I'm not aching in my joints. You know, arthritis, bursitis, tendonitis, these things, a lot of them have to do with what you do, but a lot of it has to do with how you, what you put in your mouth. Yeah. And for me, no wheat, no soy, no dairy, no, no um, sugar, corn. What about sugar? No corn. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there's sugar. Like, right, there's, there's blueberries and strawberries in this, and there's two kinds of protein powders yeah. with ice cubes and unsweetened flaxseed milk. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? What and about guys just, that are getting older and they feel like, and people say, hey, you can't build muscle after a certain age or whatever. Is that true? Well, it gets harder and harder. Else? Yeah. I mean, my, my whole line, my whole power life line of supplements is based on exactly that, mm -hmm. right? Because there's something called sarcopenia. Sarcopenia is just simply a fancy word for saying age-related muscle loss. Mm -hmm. And so it is harder, right? Yeah. I mean, and we don't, older folks, I'm 62, we don't recover as quickly. So what are the combination, what are the, what are the foods that don't cause inflammation that you need to eat? Because you got to avoid the foods that do, right? Mm -hmm. And they got to eat the foods that nourish you, right? Yeah. You got to get your macros and your micros right. You got to get all that nutrition right. So, for example, we put um, chromium. We have BCAAs. I mean, any decent protein. It's not even protein powder if it doesn't have 
branch chain amino acids, right? Yeah. So there's that, but there's also chromium. There's also high doses of vitamin D. So the BCAAs, the chromium, the vitamin D, and the magic ingredient, HMB, which is really, which allows something called leucine, which is an amino acid, to do its job, right? HMB is this, I wish I could tell you, enzyme, yeah. whatever it is, yeah. right? The HM, and HMB, you see it now. If you, you Google HMB, you'll see 30 project products with HMB. That's and what's HM so hard lately. You know, you need to have somebody who you trust, like yourself. Yeah, so I do all the research. I work with the right team. Yeah. I ask all the right questions. They come up with the formulas. I taste it. I go, that tastes like crap. Can you make it taste better? Oh, that's too much yeah. sugar. You know what I mean? Like this, you know, a lot of companies are so just make it and sell it and we'll, we'll let the marketing team figure it out. What, what I try to do, and this was, this was all formulated based on my, my illness back in, in October 2017. Like I had, I had, which was sort of an accelerated, I was getting older, plus I was sick. Plus, yeah. I couldn't eat. So I had a, my muscles, my ass looked like this. I mean, I literally <laughs> lost, you know. I mean, yeah. I was like, mm, like skeleton man. Skeletor man. Well, that's the thing about having such a low um, fat content that it's like if you yeah, get sick, you, Yeah, if you're really lean already and then skeleton. you get sick and you can't eat, I mean, you'll, yeah. you literally disappear. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I, I have to wrap it up now, but it's super interesting. I'm going to, what is the product that you were saying that you, the protein? It's called Power Life by Tony Horton. Power you life. go to mypowerlife.com and uh, we have uh, whey and plant-based, they're both high-impact whey, high-impact plant proteins, chocolate, vanilla, plus we have some, uh, 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 prebiotic, probiotic, high-fiber, magnesium, two servings of vegetables uh, called Foundation 4. Mm -hmm. And then there's the endurance formula. So for uh, aerobic jumpy, uh, junkies, the... Uh, and I take it all, I take it every morning automatically, a product called Endurance. And we have four more in the quiver ready to come. They'll be, they'll be out uh, cool. in the next couple months. So it's doing great. People are loving it. Uh, we got an endorsement from Ewan McGregor, which is pretty oh, easy. Wow. Too. So, and cool. Jewel, you know, Jewel takes it, the artist, Jewel yeah. and, uh, and Terry Nunn. These are just a few who, the lead singer in Berlin. And soon Joel Marshall will be taking Joel Marshall. If that guy Joel Marshall sends yeah. me his address, he'll probably get some. The Joel Marshall bump. Yeah, that's right. I will. That's right, I'll be baby. Sending my address for sure. The Marshall bump. They call it the <laughs> the Marshall right. bump. The yeah. Marshall plan. That did a lot. And now the yeah. Marshall bump. That'll, Marshall bump. That'll help cool, me. Oh man. Hey, thanks for uh, giving lunch therapy the the Tony Horton bump. The Horton bump. Hey, my uh, pleasure, really Joe. You know, we've known each other a long time. You're a good dude. Yeah, there's cool, not there's dude. nothing not to love about you, man. And thanks, uh, man. Appreciate it. And you're welcome to long hair. By the way, Shauna just cut three inches off of this. She thing. did? Oh, you just, yeah. oh, you could have been. She didn't like it. She didn't, didn't like it, you know, but. Uh, I've just been letting mine grow. Yeah, this is my COVID. COVID wow, it's, it's cool, though. It's a good look. It's yeah, good look. <laughs> I don't know about that look, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not I just do it. my hair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't, quite get it, can't quite get it back here. If Shauna goes, if you go ponytail, I will divorce you. <laughs> I have to be great. Hey, careful. I do it sometimes. I've gone ponytail. All yeah, ponytail. why not? The 80s are back, man. That's right, man. The 60s are back. <laughs> the 60s are back, exactly. Yep, yep. Cool. All right, so thanks, Tony, for doing this. I really appreciate it. It's great seeing you. Great spending some time with you. And, My pleasure, Joel. Uh, namaste. Namaste, brother. Namaste. All right. Namaste. That's Tony Horton, 62 years old. No excuses. <laughs> I got to get on that workout some more. 
so that was great. Thank you, Tony, for being on the show. Thank you, everybody, for uh, being in the chat room. Uh, share this around. Make for a healthier, healthier community.